Hello and welcome to the We Love Betting podcast. Hi guys, uh, my name is Mark O'Hare. I'm joined by Tom Love and Jack Lambden to bring you the second of our four anti-post preview podcasts from We Love Betting in association with Gambler. And this time it's the championship that takes centre stage. Tom, um, even as far as championship football goes, it was quite a crazy end to the season last time out, uh, looking towards the likes of Brentford and Forest, who will be absolutely heartbroken, whereas Barnsley must be absolutely buzzing still from the way they ended the season. So I wanted to ask you before we got stuck into the, the bets, um, do you place much importance or, or value in how a team has finished the season before? And especially when you're doing your anti-post study, does, does momentum play a part to you? Yeah, it does, to be fair. Yeah, it does. Um, We've seen a lot of times, especially in recent times anyway, teams suffer kind of double relegations, um, especially in the AFL. And um, it it can linger on, I think, especially especially if them teams are are looking like they were going to go up and uh, they don't and then their team gets picked apart. Um, It it can kind of really kill them and... um, I think that when you're looking at the, this season, uh, Brentford um, would be that team, but um, I will make an exception for them, which I will come on to later. Um, yeah, but overall, I think you've got to because you, they're going to be buzzing coming back into training. Um, they probably wouldn't have wanted the season to end like Barnsley. Last season, a brilliant job that Gerhard Struber did there. Um, and they'll be like thinking, why, why can't we give it a go this season? Why can't we make the playoffs? Um, and and rightly so, because they've shown that they, that they can do it against decent teams. You know, it was against all odds for them. And um, if they can make that kind of spread out over the season, then um, you've got to be positive. So, yeah, on the whole, you've got to look at that, especially with the kind of swift turnaround that we've had this summer. I think that if you're going off for three months and coming back, it can kind of... Uh, simmer down a little bit um, but given the the quick turnaround that we have had I think that it's got to play a part for sure. Okay um, so Jack I'm going to come to you now um, the relegated clubs Norwich, Watford and Bournemouth they're coming down a division three of the top four actually in, in the outright market those three out of those three Norwich, Watford, Bournemouth who do you feel is better prepared for an immediate bounce back and and who do you feel could struggle if things don't go their way? Uh, out of the three, I would probably lean with Norwich. I know they were they were pretty dreadful after the restart and they lost all nine games. But um, I think you look at their their squad. It is a bit bloated. I must admit. I think they need to to offload one or two. But um, and they're just losing Lewis to, to to Newcastle, but have brought in a replacement already in in Quintilla. But um, I just, I just think, you know, they made their their new signings early. They obviously knew they were they were relegated for for quite a long time. or knew they were heading down, so they've recruited quickly, and and that means they've had you know, probably longer than some of the well, a lot of the division to to be able to work together, um, and still got quite a good uh, amount of quality in that squad. The likes of Wendy and Campwell, Aaron's, Onel Hernandez. Um, really like Ollie Skips that they've brought in from Tottenham as well on loan. You know that those are all players that really should perform well at this level. Um, 
maybe question marks about who they're going to start up front, whether they'll keep faith in Timu Puki or whether they'll start with Ida or they've they brought in Hugo as well. So, um, and where they'll sort of fit all of their new signings in, you know, what, what their best team will be. Um, I mean, I'm not sort of backing them on the outrights, but I think it may be the case that they could they could start slow as a little bit of a hangover from last season um, and with uh, some quite a lot, a lot of new additions. Um, maybe like um, like the, the promotion season a couple of years ago, maybe go on to finish strong. I think they only lost one of their last uh, 20 in that year. Um, and on Bournemouth, I think... For me, I wouldn't have appointed Jason Tindall. I, I, I understand they don't want to um, sort of deviate away from the, the style of football that they've played for so long. But I just think after eight years of Eddie Howe, they they needed a bit of a, a fresh face in there and maybe some new ideas. Because Jason Tindall um, really is, is, is one of Eddie Howe's men. Um, you know, they've, they've, they've lost a few players. Um which which they needed uh, you know they needed to get some some big wages off the books, which should should help um, from a financial point of view. Um, but I think some of the you know, the players they've lost, I think they've got they've got some um, sort of ready made replacements. Obviously they lost Ramsdale in goal, but like some Mark Travers can step up there, and you know Wilson's gone. But I, and I think I think Solanke will will do better this time around. Um, I think you know he was a bit of a laughing stock in the Premier League, um, which at times was deserved, but I think at times was a bit harsh as well. But I think he'll have a, uh, I think he'll find himself more at the the right level this time around. Um, and they still got quality in, in that squad. Um, like so Dan Juma and, and Brooks on the wings um, should you know gives them a lot of creativity. Um, whether they'll finish in the top two, I, I have my doubts. Um, I think they'll be in and around the mix. Um, and then Watford, similar to Norwich, really, in that they've you know still got a lot of quality in their squad. They've uh, and a lot of depth, but it's you know a new manager um, comes in with quite an impressive record from from his days in in Greece and in in Israel. Um, seems quite sort of tactically flexible as well and. Um, I really like the the Glenn Murray signing. I think that's a smart one. You know, he knows how to score at this level, and he's got bags of experience. Um, I think they need to to get uh, the Decore deal done, and maybe Sar as well if he's going to leave. I think they need those deals done quickly so they can they can look to replace them. Um, but again, uh, it's difficult to know how they'll line up like Norwich with with such a big squad. But at the same time, I think that squad will come in handy on across quite a, what's going to be a, a jam-packed season, you know, with two or three games in a week. Um, mm. That may just, as the season drags on, it may hold them in good stead. So I think all three sides will be in and around the mix. But I would, out of the three, I would probably edge towards Norwich um, having maybe the best season purely because they've, um, you know, they were, they were down here quite recently and, and know how to, to do well in this division. Okay, um, well, before we get into the bets, um, we all contributed to the Wheel of Betting season preview, which was completed on Monday. All our content is now live, uh, featuring over 40 anti-post preview pieces, well over 50,000 words, uh, covering all four English leagues. 
as I said, myself, Jack and Tom, very prominent in putting it all together, as were a collection of We Love Betting stars. So please do check it out on the website and share it if you can. It'd be hugely appreciated. Um, and again, as we get, get, get closer to the season, uh, there's a few more surprises up our sleeve. Uh, this week, we'll be launching a new project called WLB Gold. It'll be a paid member service that will feature the very best of what the three of us do on social media coming straight to your mobile device. Should include our daily, our best daily recommended bets, plenty of pointers and insight, uh, plus any sort of necessary stats and trends we feel might benefit you. Basically, it's all our top level analysis, which will be included on a daily basis from the three of us. And there's plenty more plans up our sleeve as well to, to add more to the service in the near, near future too. So we'll be revealing details on Thursday about WLB Gold. The service will be starting from Friday in time for the opening weekend of the season. It's something all three of us are very excited about, have worked very hard towards and really look forward to working together with. So um, we'd love to have you on board. Uh, look out on the website for more details closer to Friday for that. Um, but now let's talk about the betting new season 2020. 21 at the time of recording we're talking about the championship um, Brentford and Norwich are 13 to 2 joint favourites Brentford seeing a bit of interest over the weekend it seems Watford 15 to 2 for the title Bournemouth 11 to 1 then you've got Forrest and Stoke at 14s Cardiff at 16 to 1 Derby and Swansea at 22 to 1 I'll come to you Jack first we have seven sides at 13 to 2 to 16 to 1 in the betting quite a condensed heat so how are you approaching the championship winner and promotion markets um, I, I really like Brentford. Um, like you say, the, the price has drifted in slightly. I got them at, at seven to one uh, last week with with Hills. Um, as Tom mentioned, when teams do well and fall just short, you know the the uh, vultures sort of uh, circle and and um, around the the top talent. But um, you know, so far Ben Rama may well leave and and. Um, looks like Watkins, Ollie Watkins will probably go um, to you know, maybe Villa or uh, one or two others uh, in the Premier League are interested in him. But um, you know they've brought in uh, a couple of players already, which which I like the look of. Um, you know, Good from from Northampton gives them more depth at centre half. Um, and Ivan Tony, which uh, I'll come on to a bit of uh, relating to him in a bit, but um, I think he's he's ready made for that team. I think he'll score plenty of goals at this level. And it's a club that no matter which players sort of move on, the, the structure they have there throughout the club, um, particularly compared to some of the, the rivals, the other teams that we will maybe touch on, um, it just it gives me confidence that they'll recruit well and replace well. Um, and yeah, they've got a strong squad. Um, yeah, still, like I say, even if they lose the likes of Ben Rama, they've still got great options out wide. Um, and Boimo had a, a great season. Um, Rico Henry, for me, he's the best, uh, best left back outside the Premier League. If he's not playing, um, in the top flight, uh, next season with Brentford, then he'll almost certainly move on. He's uh, a top, top player. Um, and they're always going to be a front foot team under the current manager. And, and that uh, just gives me confidence that they'll score goals and, and be there or thereabouts come the end of the season. And um, so, yeah, I really like them at, at seven to one to win the league. Um, and just a stat I'll mention before moving on from them is that, you know, only Leeds had more shots inside the box than, than Brentford last season. So 
likes of Tony and, and the other forward players will, will get plenty of chances. And um, I just think in comparison to to some of the other teams around them, they're, they're the most settled um, most settled side up there. And uh, yeah, I really like the, the way they play football and um, they're my tip to win the league. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually found the, the championship outright, outright markets really tricky to call this year. Uh, but I do also think that Brentford are the most likely to challenge for top spot, regardless of Ben Rama and Watkins' future. Um, I think you saw a slight change in the way they approached matches uh, under Thomas Frank at the start of last season, as well as their transfer business 12 months ago as well, where they kind of built a bit more from the back and offered a bit more of a, a pragmatic approach, particularly away from home. They weren't getting bullied as often as they used to uh, in the olden days when they first came up for the championship. But they still possess that attacking threat as well. So... I think with both boxes, uh, they're very strong. Uh, I do like Frank. I like. I know there's a bit of arrogance about him, but I, I kind of like that in my head coach to to have someone like that leading the ship. And you know, if they can get over that hangover quickly, I do think they they should be uh, warranted outright favourites to win the championship, and they would be my bet as well. Uh, I also thought Forest uh, strengthened really well in the weak areas from last season. I know they ended catastrophically and that their performance data figures weren't particularly strong but I think that's again based with their approach but I think Lyle Taylor and Luke Freeman are two quite exciting signings uh, should add a lot more to their attacking game particularly when they struggled at home against the lesser lights last year in the championship probably dropped a few too many points they were really really competitive against the elite teams in the championship so if they can find a better balance there I do expect them to go very well again and then I just wanted to mention Cardiff as well because they might not win it um, they do things very differently there under Neil Harris, a lot more sort of agriculture about the way they play football. Uh, there's nothing wrong with going direct, but they're a really bloody hard team to beat. And I suspect they'll be very similar again this time around. Kiefer Moore, a great signing, very suited to how they'll play. I quite like them each way. But uh, over to you, Tom. Where's your money going at the top end of the championship? Give us your, your outright thoughts. Yeah, well, I don't want to be a parrot, but um, <laughs> it does seem like we're all on the same page here. There's... there's... Brentford at 13 to two um, would would be my pick for the title. Um, I've just got to say, I, I don't really like backing teams to win the title, just because you, you can think you're onto a good thing and they can be promoted with five games to go and just um, uh, put the feet up, and that can be a real killer. So I prefer looking at a, a few different markets, um, whether that be just a straight up promotion or to get into the top six and. I'm just looking down down the teams. There's three, well, there's four teams that I could all make a case for. Um, probably my favourite side in this market is Swansea. They were six to one. Um, one team that hasn't been mentioned. I just I like what um, Steve Cooper's done there. I think that he's he's building a side um, that's young, but they've had a, a good year together. Um, they've been into the playoffs as well. Um, they did it with a lot of loan players, um, but Cooper, with his time at uh, the England youth setup, he was at Liverpool before that. Um, he'll have known Ryan Brewster really well. He'd have been influential in getting him to the club. Obviously, he's not there this season. Um, I do expect them to bring in someone uh, of note up front. They do need a striker badly, I think. Um, but really like those signings of uh, Mark Gouy at the back who's he was standout for them last season. I think they've got a really, really strong uh, but uh, roster of kind of centre-halves. Ben Cabango has been called up to the 
Wales squad recently, Joe Rodon as well. Um, they've just made that step up really well. And I know that Van der Horn's left. Um, I, he's available on a free transfer, which I was a bit surprised about. But um, I can see why, because they've got strength in depth in that area. Um, I do like uh, Morgan Gibbs-White coming in as well. Obviously, Cooper had him uh, at the England youth setups, played him in a bit more of an advanced role. Um, he couldn't really showcase his ability at Wolves because they're quite, mm, what, how can we say, quite defensive in their setup. Um, they like to play with two holding midfielders, and Gibbs White doesn't really fit into that at all. Um, but I, I think he can add some thrust into that midfield. Um, I do think um, that Jamal was a nice signing on the wing as well. And they've got the likes of Andre Ayew and Routledge who bring that experience and know-how to that front line. So I really like um, Swansea. I think that they're quite unfairly priced. Um, they're three to one to get into the top six, which I, I think is not a bad bet. They're six to one to get promotion. Um, yeah, and the, the other team that um, I do like, they haven't done that much in the transfer window, which is a bit annoying and a bit unlike them. Um, but Middlesbrough uh, under Neil Warnock. I mean, whenever you've got a Warnock team, you know that you're going to be onto a decent thing when you're looking at um, a team wanting to challenge for promotion. He's been here, he's done it before. Um, he'll play that robust kind of aerial style that he likes to play. Um, hard to beat. Uh, gets a good team spirit. You know, you've seen all the videos of him. As much as we laugh at them, people <laughs> um, people buy into it. Um, I certainly do. I'm a big, big uh, advocate of Warnock, and Borough seven to one for promotion in in a heat that looks quite tight. Um, I think they'll be there or thereabouts. Um, and just also a nod to Cardiff, like you mentioned, Mark. I think that um, obviously Warnock was there in the past. Neil Harris came in, and they've got quite similar ideals. Um, they haven't really changed how they play, but they have. They have needed that kind of um, refreshment, if you will. And Kiefer Moore, as you mentioned, he'll fit into them perfectly. Um, very good defensively as well, Cardiff, as we know. So with the teams that you want to be up there challenging, I think first and foremost, you want them to be good defensively. I think Borough will be. I think Swansea will be. I think uh, Brentford will be. And I think Cardiff will be. So... It, there's quite a few options there, but um, I, I do think um, Swansea are probably my favourite bet there. I really like what uh, Steve Cooper's doing at the Liberty. OK, interesting stuff as ever, guys. Um, let's move on to a few clubs we expect to go well, uh, but might not land promotion on as kind of overachievers, if you like, the top six finishes, the top half finishes, season, season match bets, handicaps, that sort of thing. Um, I'll actually start us off here because... Um, I like Barnsley, um, and I looked around quite a few markets. I know Barnsley are no, no big secret anymore after what they achieved last year, and particularly Gerhard Struber, who's arguably one of the best coaches now in the division. But um, we saw that transformation from sort of no-hopers to staying up on the final day, playing some fantastic football. They defend from the front. They're really aggressive out of possession. They play with such intensity as well, um, which might be a, a negative in such a condensed season, but uh, they're really difficult to beat. And... I really fancy them to be quite comfortable this season. And um, as I say, I was looking around to try and find something. First went to the match bets. I thought there might be something uh, quite appealing there. Nothing really stood out. They're two to one for the top half, which is all right. You know, there's possibly a little bit of value there for them. But uh, 
the bet I kind of fancied here, which kind of goes a bit against you, Tom, with what you said about Middlesbrough, but was the, the three to one on Barnsley to be the top Yorkshire club with Skybet. Uh, I thought was a more appealing play than the two to one for a top half because they're up against a, a Huddersfield side who, in my view, uh, are not going to go too well. And it's a bit of a gamble what they've done there with the management structure and uh, squad probably doesn't match the coach. You've also got Sheffield Wednesday who start at minus 12 points. No need to say anything else there. Rotherham, who are perennial um, championship favourites for the drop. They only aren't because of Wickham and Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, and then there's Middlesbrough, who are the seven to four favourites in that market, who to me are anything but solid in that heat against the Barnsley team, who I think are really exciting and quite progressive. Um, I think Borough, as you said, Tom, would be very solid, very stable under Warnock. I just wonder if he's got the the right tools to play the football he wants. Um, he's got quite a young squad there, uh, quite an inexperienced squad. He's not been able to do a huge amount of business to bring the right characters and uh, and players to fit his system. So there could be a bit of a adaptability going on there, a bit of kind of square pegs in round holes to get things to work. Uh, I've also a huge Warnock advocate, obviously had him at QPR when he absolutely transformed our club uh, pretty quickly too. So I wouldn't discount it, but I just think a three to one Barnsley to finish above Three teams who I don't think are going to be anywhere near the top half. And then a Middlesbrough team who I have my doubts about being in the top half, let alone uh, top seven or anything like that. I think Barnsley are, are an interesting price of three to one to be the top Yorkshire club. So I'm going to throw it back to you now, Tom. Um, you're underrated overachievers. Where are you going? Well, um, it's interesting that you mentioned Barnsley. I was looking at them myself. Um, I was surprised at how highly rated they were by the bookies. Um, I was hoping for a, a bit a bit more value on them mm. in the kind of the top half market. Um, but I've actually had a little play on a, a big price. Um, it, is, it is a bit of a punt. Um, but I'm just looking down the teams in this league and who's going to score the most goals. I think that... Um, a lot of the teams look decent defensively. Uh, going forward, I'm not so sure. Um, I think Watford could be could be a bet there, but I think Barnsley at 33 to one with bet Victor um, under Struber. We, we can remember what he did um, in Austria. It was fantastic. Uh, played a really attacking brand in under it was at Wolfsburg, wasn't he? In um, yeah. Austria, and he's it, kind of brought over that approach. Um, to Barnsley, and yeah, I think if they had him from the start of the season and um, they kind of got off to a fire, they, they could be a good thing. I think they'll play without fear. Um, I think it's key if they can keep Corey Woodrow there. I think there's been a few sniffs around him from teams higher higher up than Barnsley. Um, but they're, they're playing a system where they're, they're happy to press, and quite like Southampton, they're like to get shots off to play with pace, so it's a it's a young team, um, and really they've got nothing to lose. When I'm looking at these kind of bets, I don't think they'll be right up there, um, but I do think that they'll be safe. And once they are, I think that they can they can just go for it. And 33 to one uh, in a league where it doesn't look like there's too many um, attacking sides, um, I do think that that. Is worth a couple of quid. Um, just on other kind of underrated teams, I, I, I think that um, the, the teams that I have mentioned, especially um, Swansea, I think that they're underrated. And um, I'm just wondering about Bristol City. They they seem to be quite a big price again. I know a lot of people put them up at um, it's kind of a dark horse, and they never really come through. But Lee Johnson isn't there anymore. Um, 
is that a positive? Mm. <laughs> I, th- I think it probably is. Um, it's quite quite well known to be quite a streaky manager. Um, win win you know, ten out of twelve, and then they'll go um, fifteen games without a win. Um, they can get a bit of continuity there. I like, I like the signing of Alfie Martin at the back. Um, really like Naki Wells up front. I know we've, I've seen a lot of him, of course, at um, Bradford. And if you can get him and Jeju kind of up front together, I think that could be a really interesting partnership at the top of the pitch. Um, and the, they have got um, a pretty nice midfield as well. I just think they're a little bit too big in the, to finish in the top half market. I understand why people kind of uh, go against them when when you're looking at um, top six or anything like that, just because they they haven't really done it before. Um, but yeah, I don't mind them for the top half um, at a decent price. Okay, over to you, Jack. Um, anything standing out in terms of underachieving underachievers, or, or sorry, I should say overachievers, really this season? Uh, I think you were <laughs> copying my notes, Mark, on Barnsley, because the bet I had for them was uh, to be the top Yorkshire team as well. <laughs> uh, three to one with William Mill, although it's a bit of a bit of a loose definition on on Yorkshire, which I'm sure um, Tom would appreciate with Middlesbrough in there. But um, yeah, I just think the momentum they'd have gained from that that brilliant end of season run. It was sort of playoff like form really, and that that Brentford away game really sort of sticks in the mind as. I think they were absolutely incredible in that match, um, considering how much was on the line for both teams. Um, yeah, Struber's got them playing some terrific, you know, high-press football. And he seems a really infectious character as well. Um, you know, his interview after that that Brentford game, he was quite emotional. And some of the stuff that's been on social media over the, over the, um, over the summer shows that he's, he's, he's got a... Yeah, he's got it got a fair bit of character around him, which I'm sure the um we're sure it means the the players really sort of get behind him and you know, he's got quite a young athletic squad there, so they're quite suited to the way that, that he wants them to play and let's not forget as well they've they've been playing that way for some time as well, because Daniel Stendhal had them um, playing a similar brand of football before before he left. Um and, and even you know, the first half of last season when the Although the results weren't really going their way, the the performances actually weren't that bad. Um, you know, look at the stats as well. They underperformed on their their expected goals by by ten goals in the end. So you know, if they can be a bit more clinical uh, in the final third, then then I'd fancy them to finish a lot higher up the table than they actually did. Um, you look at them uh, moving forwards. You know, J- Jacob Brown, um, Connor Chaplin, Corley Woodrow—they're all quite versatile. Um, yeah, you know they can play at the, sort of the top uh, central striker, or they can drop into the number ten role, and that—that's a uh, a nice um, a nice quality to have amongst the squad, um, particularly in a in a season where there's going to be lots of games, so he can. Struber can uh, chop and change it a bit if he needs to, depending on the opposition. Um, you know, Woodrow in particular leading the line. Um, I think you know, he can get goals at this level. Um, and if you look at the fixtures as well, they've got they've got a relatively nice start. So, yeah, I think when you compare them to like you did, Mark, to the, the teams in that Yorkshire group, um, I think Middlesbrough is probably the only one that you'd maybe uh you know have have your sort of doubts about but yeah Sheffield Wednesday start on minus twelve and and uh not convinced about 
Gary Munkle or the squad they've got there at all. Rotherham, uh, although I think I think they may be okay um, in the division better than, than they were maybe last time around. Uh, I can't see them finishing above Barnsley at all. And Huddersfield will come on to in a bit, I'm sure. I, I think they'll they'll uh, struggle this season. So yeah, it's only really Middlesbrough, which I think are the real competition for me in, in that group of teams. So yeah, top top Yorkshire team for, for Barnsley, uh, three to one with, with Hills looks looks a good way to go. Um and the only other team uh, that I like sort of in the in terms of who I think's um may overachieve this season is Coventry. Um you know they've got a terrific manager in Mark Robbins, you know, uh, two promotions with them now and I don't think he'll be intimidated at all by um at this level. You know, they're going to have to ground share again, um, which is obviously an inconvenience. But, you know, they, they were there at St Andrews last season. Um, so the players should be used to it now. And, and their form was actually pretty good there. So uh, I don't think that will be too much of a problem. Um, they've looked pretty good in pre-season. They've, they've played a lot of games, scored, scored plenty of goals as well. Got quite a good uh, balance amongst the squads. And, and I actually think their, their sort of counter-attacking style should uh, should suit them as it did in League One uh, at this level as well. And signed signed well, Tyler Walker. Um, I think I think he really could make the step up. He's done well um, in his couple of loan spells in in League Two and League One, and I think he deserves an opportunity at this level. So really pleased for him that he's got uh, got a move to a good football club. Um, and really impressed with their their midfield options as well. Um, player I want to sort of call out is, is Geordie Jones so he's been out for best part of two years with a quite serious injury and he's he's back now and I know he's been uh, really impressive in, in pre-season so um, I think he might have a good season so uh, they're, they're five to two for a top half finish Coventry and um, again with Hills so uh, that's that's another play I'm going to have a, another team that I think uh, uh, will have a good season maybe better than the, some of the odds suggest. Okay, great stuff. Um, let's drop down to the relegation market. Um, annoyingly, I guess because of the financial crisis that many of the clubs in the EFL have endured over the past couple of years and the points penalties that absolutely get incurred because of that, um, quite a few firms have decided against pricing up the relegation markets in the EFL, which is quite frustrating and disappointing, I guess, from a punter's perspective. Um, kudos to those who have. Um, Wickham are the four to six favourites, as you might expect really after their remarkable promotion to the championship. But then there's Sheffield Wednesday, who do start on minus 12 points at nine to four. Um, elsewhere, Rotherham five to two, Reading nine to two, Luton nine to two, QPR five to one, Birmingham and Coventry six to one, Barnsley 13 to two. And then you go on to Bristol City at sevens, Blackburn at eights, and I could go on, but I won't. Um, before we get into the sort of our best bets, Tom, I wanted to ask you about Wickham. Do you think they've got any hope at all? And is the four to six worth four to six worth a poke even at that price? Mm, um, not for me, really, because I, I do think that um, Sheffield Wednesday will be going down, and it, it kind of leaves you two spots there. Um, and you know, we, we've seen the likes of Burton uh, go up. Yeah, it reminds me of Burton. Did it? Yeovil did it once. It will be a tough test, but. These players probably won't get another chance to play at this level, and um, best believe that they're going to be they're going to be physical. They're going they're going to do what they did last season, um, and all power to them. I really like Gareth Ainsworth as a manager. I think um, when when you're a team that 
kind of have everything against you, um, it can be it can be a bit of an issue for um, uh, some managers. But I think that he'll he'll buzz off that uh, the kind of underdog tag, and um, yeah, I think that four to six is it's probably fair. I can understand it, but um, they've not done too much in the transfer window. There's not many players of championship quality, but you don't really have to be. I mean, if you can keep if you can keep games to tight margins, basically, I think they've got a chance, and I won't be backing them at that price. Um, no, not at all. Okay, and then Jack, over to you. Before we do get into the the best bets for the relegation market, uh, I wanted to ask you about Sheffield Wednesday minus twelve. Would you have made them favourites in this market due to that hurdle that they've got to overcome? Is nine to four appealing to you? Uh, it, it is quite appealing, actually. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe. If you didn't want to, uh, if you didn't fancy it as a single, you could maybe put it in as, as part of a, an accumulator, anti-post accumulator. They might get a bit more value chucking it in with um, some other plays. But yeah, I, I, I kind of get the sense there that although it was very difficult for them to get out of League One before, I kind of get the sense that a drop into that league wouldn't actually be the worst thing in the world for them. Um, they they desperately need more more numbers in the door. I think you know Jordan Rhodes um, last week he was the only striker in the door, and I think they brought in Kachunga now. But um, they just look really short, um, and I think it just li- li- leaves them too much to do that points deduction. They're going to need playoff type form really to to survive, and I just don't think they've got they've got the squads to be able to do it. And as I mentioned before, I'm I'm not. Um, I'm not really entirely convinced about Gary Monk. He keeps keeps getting jobs without really convincing anywhere, uh, really since he <laughs> left Swansea, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a quite a long, hard season for them. So, yeah, I, I would, I would uh, maybe maybe not back them as a single to go down at that price, but, yeah, maybe uh, look to, to group it up with some other plays. OK, so where is the, the value in the relegation market in your eyes? Uh, so a couple of teams uh, I've picked out. Um, one at quite a big price is Huddersfield, um, nine to one. Uh, general sort of nine to one to go down. Um, you know they've gone left field with with the appointment again um, of Corberan and, and you know his his style of football I'm sure will be more uh, in tune with with what they've came became accustomed to under under David Wagner. Um, but he does lack experience as a, as a manager. I know he's um, been in charge of, of the Leeds sort of under under 21s, under 23s for two or three years now. So under Bielsa, so he you know he's sure he would have learned a lot from him. But um, I just look at look at the way they they went about things last season. Really struggled for goals. Um, Carlin Grant, which I mentioned earlier on on the on the Premier League podcast, you know he may well make the step up to that level. West Brom are in, uh, sort of the key party that are interested in him. You know, he scored 19 of their 52 goals last season, which was, um, you know, individually a very good return. But as a team, that over 46 games, that's a, a pretty poor um, return of goals. Um, so, it, you know, if, if he goes, then they, they desperately need to reinvest in a, in a striker. Um you know they've got three or four key players out injured for the the start of the season by the looks of things, and their first two games they've got Brentford and Norwich. So um, you know again the fixture computer has not been very kind to them. 
um, lots of Lewis O'Brien. He's, he's doubtful for the start of the season. So, um, you know, I mentioned the goals. You know, Wigan and Hull went down. I know Wigan was kind of a, a harsh relegation, if you like, but yeah, they went down scoring more goals than Huddersfield did last season. And um, yeah, I, I don't see enough quality in the squad at the moment um, to sort of justify them having a good season. So, you know, nine to one, it's, it's a bit of a long shot, but I don't think there's a lot between them and uh, and a few uh, of the other teams that are, that are down there, if I'm honest. Um, and then the other team that I wanted to talk about and maybe don't want to play them at the price they're at at the moment is, is Reading. Um, I think nine to two is probably about fair. Um, but if you look at what's going on at the club at the moment, they're effectively uh, appointed the new manager and, and they're going to go with a, a shit or bust approach pretty much. So <laughs> even before um, yeah, the last set of accounts, the financial accounts they released, which was obviously pre-COVID, uh, and they were spending about 250% uh, of their turnover on wages, which is just absolutely astronomical and, and you know with no fans coming through the door and are expected to um, to invest in the squad this summer that's that's likely to be knocking on 300 percent um you know they're effectively going with the approach they are because the the league are relaxing the the financial fair play uh, regulations for a bit we're not entirely sure sort of for how long for and, and to what extent at this stage i guess but um you know, previously they sold off they sold off the stadium um, back to the owners to offset the, the the losses they made in the last few years, but obviously they can't do that again. Um, you know, Mark Mark Bowen's left. Um, I think it would have been good for him to step back up into the director of football role, but he's he's left the the club completely. So you've got a manager that's come in with a you know, had a 31% win uh, record at Chicago over a number of years so um, and I think he's had to go into he had to go into quarantine for um, his first couple of weeks in the country so he's not really had that one-on-one um, time with a lot of the players um, to, to put across his ideas um, you know it'd be interesting to see uh, how much and, and they spend and who they bring in um, but you know, it could be a high number of, of foreign players that come in, and that and that can go either way, um, as we've seen with with teams in the past. I think they need some more defensive additions. Um, I would yeah worry about them uh, at the back. Um, they've got a good first team um, when they're all fit, the likes of John Swift and Mate, and they've just got Ajaria back on loan as well, which is a, a, a sort of crucial bit of business for them. Um, but if you if you speak to um, you know I only live just down the road from Reading so I know I know a lot of Reading fans and if you speak to them, unlike in previous years I've I've written them off um, and they've and they've been more confident about their chances this time around um, they're they're really worried about the the approach the club's taking so although I think the the price the relegation price is quite fair for them at the moment I think it's one that's worth keeping an eye on uh, to see how the season goes um, and it may be one that, that's a bit of a runner later on in the season um, particularly with uh, a, a new manager and um, potentially a lot of new players coming in the door which which could go either way Interesting um, so me personally I put up Sheffield Wednesday for obvious reasons which is on the website um, I also put up Huddersfield at a big price for 
very similar reasons to yourself there, Jack as well. Uh, admittedly, a, a highly rated coach coming into the club. Is his first managerial role. I know he's going to be a head coach really at Huddersfield rather than a, than a manager. But uh, you know, there's a squad there that is completely unsuited to the role and, and the way in which he wants to play his football. It's an un- unbalanced squad as well, and I think it's going to be lacking standout quality too if, if Colin Grant does leave this window. Um, I also felt QPR were a touch too big at five to one. Uh, I would have put us alongside Reading there at nine to two myself. Uh, obviously, Eze's departure is, is the big one. Jordan Hugel also. Departed Grant Hall, not so much because we brought in uh, Rob Dickey at centre-half, I think is a fantastic addition. But for me, there's a, a big onus there on the last chair, stepping up to the plate to take over the creative mantle. I'm sure he can, but um, brighter say Samuel rejected a move to Club Rouge earlier in the summer. If he does depart before the end of the window, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of weight on the shoulders of some young players there in the QPR team. Our fullbacks are, are very attack-minded, very poor defensively. The defence continues to league uh, really annoying goals and goals even my uh, Sunday league team would, would prefer, you know wouldn't be wouldn't be shipping really so there's concerns at both ends of the uh, pitch there we brought in Lyndon Gooch Lyndon, uh, Lyndon, Gooch. <laughs> uh, Lyndon Dykes um, on a two million deal to play up front who's a, a big hulking centre forward in similar mode to um, to Hugel I should say but uh you know, there's a there's a big uh, a big ask on him to kind of fill the void of, of Naki Wales and Hugel this season. So hopefully there'll be some more business coming in. But right now, I think five to one is a touch too big on QPR. So they were my three. Um, Tom, what are your three, or, or what are your best bets for the relegation market? Um, we we all seem to be singing off the same Huddersfield hymn sheet here. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've come in for a, a few pelters from Huddersfield fans being a City fan, but. Um, Eight, uh, nine to one, as you mentioned, I just can't get away from it. I, just, I can just sense a, I can sense what's going on there this summer, and it kind of chimes very much with um, what actually happened at Bradford when, when the kind of chairman gets his his nose in too much, and the the man up there, Hodge, Hodgkinson, seems to be doing that um, strange decisions to get rid of the Cowleys. I don't get why. Why you'd bring them in? That they're cap, they're quite obviously project managers, and uh, you just bin them off like that. Um, very short-sighted. And I think it'll come back to bite them. Uh, nine to one's just too big. I mean, Bradford played them in a friendly not too long ago, and they played their first eleven uh, to start, and they, they were terrible. Uh, the kids came on at half time, and they, they were twice the side. So, yeah, they they were quite suspect at the back. I thought um, the there's a lot of good teams in this league and um, Huddersfield are going to get caught out by them, I think, and 9-1 to one is just too big. I mean, the, the lad that they've brought in from Leeds, I mean, he's, he's unproven, really, at this at this level. I'm sure he'll have some good ideas and stuff, but um, I do worry about managers who come into this league with no kind of prior experience of being a first-team manager or head coach, however you want to call it. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm on board for all the reasons you guys have said. I think Huddersfield are are a bit big, and also just as a price play, I mean, um, I just wonder if it's a bit too big on Preston, sixteen to one with Skybet. I mean, I know they've been pretty decent on the data, um, and I do like Alex Neal to be honest, um, but they, they've not done an awful lot in the transfer window. Um, and I, I just look at that price, 16 to 1 with Skybet, the 9 to 1 with Bet365 in comparison. But if you look at the team shorter than them, I think Middlesbrough, 
will do better. Um, Derby, Blackburn, Bristol City, Barnsley, Coventry. I think they'll all do better than Preston, to be honest. Um, I just wonder if it's one of them times where it kind of goes a little bit stale. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's just an interesting price play that. I'm just surprised at the 16 to 1 when you've got the likes of Barnsley at 13 to 2 in the same market. Uh, doesn't quite add up to me. But yeah, um, I, I think Jack uh, made a brilliant point on Reading with all the financial troubles. I mean, it could be something that kind of scuppers these bets um, if a few teams do struggle uh, with their finances. And I've had a look at their accounts as well, and it, it's a shambles. So it wouldn't be surprised if it, if they kind of end up in a Sheffield Wednesday situation. Um, but yeah, I think I think Mark, you hit the nail on the head with a nine to four with Sheffield Wednesday. I think that um, to be honest, I expected that to be more like in even money 11 to 10 shots. I was shocked to see 9 to 4. Um, they didn't do that great on the performance data from what I saw. Uh, they like to get the ball wide, um, but they don't really get the ball into goal-scoring positions that often. And yeah, real real lack of strikers, really. And um, Yeah, I don't really like what, what squad that they've got there at the minute. Um, and yeah, starting on minus 12, I'm, I'm surprised they're not a bit shorter than 9 to 4. Um, so, yeah, my, my kind of bottom three would be um, them and uh, Huddersfield and probably probably QPR or Wickham. I think, I think that they'd, they'll be the two that, um, that, do, that do struggle um, already. Um, there's a few teams that could be down there. Um, but, yeah, my best bet would be Huddersfield at the price 9-1. to one. Cool. We're all singing from a, a very similar hymn sheet, which is always good. Um, let's move on to the the final major market we're going to cover, which is the top goal scorer market. Timu Puki, who won the award when Norwich were last at this level, is the eight to one favourite um, ahead of Ivan Tony, Brentford's big money signing from Peterborough at tens. Tom, you wrote the piece for the site uh, on the top goal scorer market. Um, do you want to share your favourite fancies and and the reasons with us now? Sure, yeah. Um, so it's three players at 33 to 1. Um, one of them's been cut in from 40 to 1. Um, but I'll, I'll start with the player that you mentioned at the top of the the show, Mark, and that's Kiefer Moore, who's coming at, uh, into a really good kind of fit for him at Cardiff. Obviously, he's a Wales international and um, he'll be wanting a place in that team. I know he's done really well for Wales, actually, every time I've seen him play. He's a real handful. Uh, six foot five, and we know how Neil Harris likes to play, likes to get balls in the box. Uh, Cardiff actually scored the most goals from set pieces last season, 23, which is a staggering <laughs> amount, really, um, for a team that didn't score all that many goals. Um, to score that many from set pieces is remarkable, and he's going to be a massive threat with his height. Um, but it's not just that that I like about him. He's, he's good with his feet. Um he can shift his feet quite quickly as well. I can remember a, a game um, against Reading, actually, where he scored a brilliant little back heel. Uh, scored a similar one against Cardiff as well. Um, it just shows that he's got a brain as well um, as kind of his brawn. And I think that 33-1 to is too big for a, a team that are going to be playing to his strengths. I think that he'll keep uh, Robert Glatzel out of the team. Um, to, he's another big player who's who's kind of built in a similar mould. Um, yeah, I'm surprised he's that big, 33, 33 to one for a team that I expect to go well. 
Um, and second, I've got Troy Parrott, who's obviously gone on loan to Millwall from Spurs. A lot of Spurs fans are really excited to see what he can do. Um, a few quite disappointed that he's left and they wanted him to kind of start um, the Cup games and the Europa League games because um, it does leave them a little bit light, Spurs. But um, it's kind of deja vu, isn't it, with what happened to Harry Kane. He got sent out on loan to Millwall and really started to make a name for himself. And I think that Parrott's going to do exactly the same. Um, obviously, a lot of people haven't really seen him um, up close and personal um, because he hasn't really played that many games. But from what I've read on scout reports and the, the goals he scored for Republic of Ireland on the 21s and under 19s, um, as well as Spurs, he, he just looks like a real all-round striker. Great stamina, you know, he loves to press. Um, he can hurry, hurry defenders into mistakes. Um, and when he's through on goal, he's just ice cool, as you'd expect. Um, he, he's six foot one, six foot two, so he, he's big enough to get on the end of um, crosses as well. And I scored a header recently in pre-season, and he's looked good. And I think that um, with the likes of Jed Wallace behind him, who's going to be supplying some Great balls in. Uh, Wallace actually managed the second most assists in the championship last season, just behind Matthias Pereira at West Brom. And um, he, he's going to be laying them on the plate for Parrot, who should be starting every game for me. And, um, yeah, given his goal record at youth level, we've seen the likes of Rian Brewster come in last year and um, make, the, make the step down, I guess, um, with a plumber. I know a lot of people think, are you going to be playing proper men's football, this, that and the other? But end of the day, these play, players are players with really good quality and they can show it at this level. Tammy Abraham did it as well when he was at Bristol City. I think Parrott's going to be the same this season. So 33-1, to 1, I'm willing to have an each-way poke on him as well. And just finally, one player I really like every time I see him is Adam Armstrong um, at Blackburn. He had a great end to last season. Um, he, he scored goals wherever he's gone. I mean, he was brilliant at Coventry a couple of years ago in League One. Um, he's made the step up, and he, he's he's a player that can score all types of goals. If you just look at his finishing ability, um, he, he can smash them in from 20, 25 yards. Um, he likes to arc his runs and get in behind defences. He's got that pace as well. And when he's through, you just know he's going to score. Um, and... I think when he, he's got the likes of Bradley that behind him, Stuart Downing, um, who is really good on the ball and getting balls into the box as well. I think it's going to be set up and Tony Mowbray is going to play to Armstrong's strength here. And um, he was 40-1 to 1 with Bet Victor. Managed to get a little bit on that. Uh, into 33-1 to 1 now, best price. I think that's with Bet365. Um, not Bet365, I think that's with Hills. Um, he's into 25 to 1 with Bet Victor now after we put up the article. So, um, clearly, quite a bit of money coming for him, and I can see why. I expected him to be around 20, 25 to 1. Um, so, if you can get 33 to 1, I think that's a, a great price for an each way pumped. Super stuff. Uh, over to you, Jack. Any major views on the top goal scorer market? Uh, totally um, agree with some of Tom's selections. There's some really nice justifications. Anyone I'd I'd add, and it is one of the favourites. But um, I really like the, the signing. Um, is is Ivan Tony for for Brentford? Um, I, I mentioned before that how many shots um, 
Brentford have inside the box. Um, so he will get a lot of chances. Um, you know, he scored 24 goals in, in 32 matches in League One last season. And, you know, he's going to have better players around him than he had at, at Peterborough um, by making the step up here. And you look at Brentford, the last two seasons, Neil Morpé got 25 goals. Um, and then Ollie Watkins last season, 25, and looks almost certain that, that Watkins is going to move on. So uh, Tony really should have that that centre forward role to himself. Um, you know, makes some really intelligent runs in behind. You know, and and, and not just his his um, his finishing with his feet as well, but he's um, he's a really good header of the ball as well, quite dominant in the air. So if Brentford do want to uh, mix it up and go a bit more bit more direct than uh, then he's a big threat there as well um and it'd be interesting to see who who takes their penalties brentford um it's normally ben rama but if he if he leaves that leaves a uh, a little bit of a void there and i know um tony has he did take um a couple of penalties for peterborough last season when uh, marcus madison wasn't in the side so um you know, like with all of these top goal scorer bets, if you, if you've got someone on penalties, that's always a boost. So, yeah, uh, it was was twelve to one with Sky best priced. Uh, it's coming to ten to one now, but um, I still still uh, really like that, and I liked one that um, that Tom put up on the site um, the other day as well, which was to combine um, Brentford to win the league and, and Tony to be top scorer. That's forty to one with, with Sky bet, which I think is really big. Um, you know, you expect that if um, it should almost go hand in hand, really, that if if Tony has a good season, um, Brentford really should be up there. And, and if they are up there and continuing to play good football and, and score plenty of goals like they did last season, then, then Tony should be getting quite a lot of them. So, so yeah, that, that double um, with quite a big price appeals as well. Yeah, for sure. If Brentford are going to win the league, you'd expect Ivan Tony to be up there. It's surely more than a, a 1 in 40 chance of landing. So some really good food for thought there from the guys. Um, terrific stuff. Before we start to wind things down, just wanted to say any other business from you both, any bets or selections that you haven't yet mentioned that you want to share? Now is the time. Jack first. Uh, no, I think we covered off my best bets. Good. Tom? Um, yeah, there's just one more that I'd, I'd like to put up on the season handicap. Um the team that Jack's mentioned, Coventry, um, you can get them plus 26, 14 to 1 with Bet365. And I just want to reserve, give a bit more praise to Mark Robbins and kind of the setup that they've got there. I really like the recruitment. I mean, there's a few teams that you look at in the AFL. I mean, Peterborough would be one of them, um, Brentford the other. And I think Coventry are, are right up there with them in terms of recruitment. Obviously, very data focused which is the way to go, I think, at the minute. Um, and I just think that the, the addition of Tyler Walker, I mean, he's he's a 66-1 to put with Betway for top scorer, if that tickles you. Um, but I just think that they've got every, everything in place there to have a decent season. I, I really like the centre-half that they've brought in from Brighton. Um, they've got quality in midfield. I think Liam Kelly's back. And they've got... They've just got a really good, sound squad, and they know that Jack made a great point that Mark Robbins is not going to be um, fretting about the step up at all. I mean, he has managed at this level before. He's, he's someone that I, I really admire, and I just look at their, them on the handicap, and they're plus 26, 14 to 1, and you've got the likes of Millwall, who are plus 15, 
at 14 to 1. Um, I can't see too much difference between them two um, in terms of quality. So, yeah, I have a little uh, go on that as a season handicap at a decent price. Coventry plus 26 on a season handicap, uh, 14 to 1 with Bet365. Okay, the guy's both keen on Coventry to go well this season. Um, we're coming to the end of the show now, so before we do, I just want to get both of your your championship anti-post naps and your next bests. So your best bet and then your second best bet from the second tier, from all the markets. Um, Tom, you go first. Um, my nap will be Swansea to finish in the top six, which is three to one with Unibet. Um, and my next best will be Adam Armstrong, 33 to one each way um, in the top goal scorer market. And Jack, yours? Uh, my nap will be Ivan Tony uh, to be top goal scorer, ten to one with Skybet, and my next best bet will be uh, mainly because of the price uh, Huddersfield to be relegated at nine to one. Great stuff. All right, that's us, the the Wheel of Betting podcast in association with Gambler Done. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please do check out our thoughts on the Premier League, League One and League Two. Uh, we'll be dropping across the network between now. And Wednesday, thanks very much for your time, guys. And, of course, best of luck to the listeners with all your anti-post bets. So for now, thank you very much, Tom. Cheers, Mark. And cheers to you too, Jack. Cheers, mate. Thanks, guys. Chat soon.